0: Yeah, since the invasion of ukraine began so some people writing talking thinking that well you know, they're paying a price, uh, and maybe this is a, a greater price than Putin wants to pay. You don't want to be shedding the blood of your countrymen unnecessarily or, or with great futility. Should this give us a reason to hope that this war could end soon? Well, in American Spectator, uh, our friend Dr. Paul Kengor says, Not so fast. Uh, Russia has been here before. Dr. Paul Kangara is author, most recently, of The Devil in Karl Marx. He's professor of political science at Grove City College in Grove City, Pennsylvania, and a senior academic fellow at the Institute for Faith and Freedom. Paul's the author of a dozen other books, including A Pope and a President, John Paul II, Ronald Reagan, and the Extraordinary Untold Story of the 20th Century. He's uh, authored the The Politically Incorrect Guide to Communism, and Dupes, How America's Adversaries Have Manipulated Progressives for a Century. And you'll often see his writings in The American Spectator. Paul, good to have you here. Thank you.
1: Yeah, hey, Al, good to be with you. Thanks.
0: I appreciated the article. Um, you're reflecting on Russia's long history of blood sacrifice. Um, Go ahead and give us some ideas. These numbers are astounding, and there's no reason to think that the loss of 7,000, if the numbers are accurate, are necessarily going to be a deterrent to Vladimir Putin.
1: No, that's right. I mean, that is a tiny number compared to what the Russians are used to. I mean, I went back in that piece for Spectator back to 1914, a little over 100 years ago. And Russia lost more people, than lost more men than any other country in World War I, about 3 million people. <laughs> and by comparison, America lost about 100, 110,000 wow. in World War I. And then Russia immediately follows that with a civil war between the Bolsheviks and the Mensheviks, roughly nineteen eighteen to twenty one. They lost seven million in that one. That's men, women and children. And then their reward for that is the Bolsheviks, right? Because the Bolsheviks won. Mm-hmm. And then there's Stalin, there's what happened in the Ukraine, there's yep. the purges. Then you get to World War Two, and this is really astounding. I mean the numbers on World War Two dead are really hard to come up come up with accurate numbers 50 to 60 million 70 to 80 million something like that but but the russians lost at least 27 million
0: i remember uh, the first time i is, heard that i couldn't yeah, believe it, my yeah, ears
1: it's just unbelievable for for a sense of comparison so america and the uk each lost about 400,000 so take america and the uk combined that's what 800,000 men in world war 2 multiply it by like 30 35 and then you start to get close to the number of people that the russians lost and and the, and then from there go go on through the you know, the, the purges right uh, alexander yeah. yakovlev said that stalin alone quote annihilated over 60 million people
0: yeah.
1: um, solzhenitsyn used numbers like that so all all of these numbers are known by a lot of people in the field. And then I dare to include in my piece for spectator, the abortion numbers, which you normally wouldn't hear, but this being Ave Maria Radio, EWTN, Catholic audience, people will appreciate this. The abortion got so bad in the Soviet Union, and people might want to pull over before I say this. That they were averaging seven to eight million abortions per year Ugh. in the 1970s alone. So, so you're looking at close to probably a hundred million abortions just in the 1970s. Oh. So, so there there is no country on earth that has had this kind of suffering. It makes me think of Our Lady of Fatima, right? Uh, I, I mean, th- this is just such a unique case of hellacious human suffering that when I hear people say right now, oh, the Russians lost seven, ten, fifteen thousand people, 15,000 know, people, it's only a matter of time now before they back off.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and I say, are you kidding me? Yeah. This, this, this is nothing. And when you have a leader like like Putin who has no respect for human life, who was raised in the KGB, yeah. um, I, I, I'm more worried, Al, about, about Putin not getting what he wants. Of course, I don't want him to get what he wants. But but if he doesn't get what he wants in the Ukraine from his troops and his commanders, which he probably won't, because the Russians get their their tails kicked in every war that they're in, um, I'm concerned that that he'll be backed into a corner and very well could resort to to weapons of mass destruction. Yeah, and uh, or something worse. Yeah, this could be really really bad.
0: Yeah, no, I I don't think that's utterly implausible. I think that um, you know this is. When, when you look at the numbers in the past, and you realize that uh, the the blood that was shed uh, after the Second World War didn't seem to uh, um, actually the First World War too, they did that doesn't seem to affect how Russian leadership, or in that case Soviet leadership, treats its own people. And it makes you wonder uh, what kind of moral framework Vladimir Putin uh, has developed uh, in spite of the fact that he apparently is a baptized member of the Russian Orthodox Church.
1: Well, that's right. And and I, I'll say, I guess in his semi-defense here, you know, he did issue... The first restrictions on abortion in the country since Joseph Stalin. In fact, um, abortion had gotten so bad in Russia in just about 15 or 16 years, from the time they legalized it in 1920, that by 1936, they were averaging already three abortions for every live birth in the Soviet Union. I mean, the Russian women, history has never seen anything like this. And it got so bad that Stalin said, We've got to outlaw abortion. I mean, we're not going to have we're not going to have a future. We're not going to have a country left. By the way, Trotsky blasted him for this. He says, you know, you can't be a good communist and, and and ban abortion. But but Stalin did, and then Khrushchev brought it back in 1955, and Vladimir Putin, about 50 years later, put the first restrictions on abortion um, since Stalin, and he did it because they were looking at a population plunge from about 140 million Russians in the year 2000. These are WHO projections to about 104 million by the year 2050, mm. um, and and so I, I won't ha- I won't say that Putin was doing it only because he's a Rus- Russian nationalist and was worried about how many people lived in the country. I mean, maybe he's legitimately against abortion, uh, but 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 he but he was the first one to put any restrictions on at all. Um, but otherwise, I think this is a man as we can see with his behavior in the Ukraine. Uh, you know, doesn't exactly respect what John Paul II called a culture of life.
0: Yeah. I mean, he, John Paul II uh, made it clear that every life was unique, precious, unrepeatable, made in the image and likeness of God. If you're surrounded by uh, history over 100 years of massive death of one's countrymen, it might be difficult to keep alive that sense that every human life is unique, precious, and unrepeatable. Um, it,
1: That's know. exactly right. And yeah. In fact, yeah, the whole culture, you know, going back to um, Lenin and even what happened under Tsar Nicholas II in World War I has been that, you know, each and every life isn't unique, it's right. not precious, right. and is, in fact, repeatable. In fact, especially when you view people as the masses, right, part of the collective, and, you know, more people, more problems. As, as they saw it. So uh, so the idea that right now Russia's looking at seven to 15,000 dead and this is going to be a deterrent to Putin's ambitions, uh, there's no reason. There's no reason historically to think that at all. In fact, uh, just the opposite is more likely.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I saw in your article uh, you mentioned Lee Edwards uh, and the uh, Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation uh i i have a friend who's been working there and uh how are they doing are they getting the message out i mean this, we really should be keeping alive this idea the victims of communism uh, especially in society today where people are playing fast and loose with concepts you know of uh, uh collectivism uh, communism, socialism, we should have, uh, really get this out there. They're huge victims of communism. Do you know if they're doing it, are uh, getting much traction? I don't know if
1: they are. In fact, a few years ago, and people can actually Google this and look it up, I, I show it to my students in my Marxism course at Grove City College. There were a group of young people that went to the victims of communism, actual memorial headstone, to the 100 million dead in Washington, D.C., and they took a group picture of them all giving the middle finger to the to the, to the memorial. And, really? And I tell my students, yeah, you look it up and you find it easily. And I tell my students, uh, I know you've never heard of this before, and you never – imagine if a group of young people went outside the Holocaust Museum and gave the middle finger to the Holocaust Museum. It would be the lead – CNN, New York Times. Yeah. There would be candlelight vigils all over the country, yeah. right? About the new anti-Semitism raging throughout America, right? right. right.
0: Uh, yeah,
1: but but something like this happens with the victims of communism, and you've got to go to like Campus Reform or Young America's Foundation to find pictures and video yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, that's that's the state of what we're in. I, I think one positive thing maybe that's gone on lately is uh, because liberals and Democrats suddenly don't like the Russians because they feel that Putin helped Trump steal the election in 2016. (laughs) They're suddenly (laughs) anti-Russian, right? (laughs) They're suddenly kind of of anti-communist in a way they never had ever been before. Um, But, you know, that's uh, so maybe maybe we're, we're finally united on something here, except, of course, liberals are doing what they always do. They're using this to cancel people. Right. Yep. Um if you don't don't stand including canceling Russians. Did they drop uh, did you see that they dropped that Met Opera star a few weeks ago? The the Met Opera dropped her because she didn't sufficiently condemn Vladimir Putin. That's right. I did and see I, that. I,
0: yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah,
1: and I and I thought, uh, boy, that's real brave of the you know, twenty something year old at faceless person at met opera to go canceling this poor woman yeah. uh, who's probably worried about her family in worried about her family
0: concerned about right. her career her homeland and probably not especially astute in the areas of foreign policy or domestic policy right. you know right, uh, right. yeah gee, no that that was terrible well thanks how do people stay in touch with you
1: yeah, thanks, Al. Um, faithandfreedom.com, and you can read my articles at the American Spectator, which is spectator.org.
0: All right. Thanks, Paul. All Dr. Right, Dr. Thank Paul Kengor. Again, we'll have uh, the links at uh, our website, albemarioradio.net. More coming up.